0: High tennis fans out there, this is Andy Murray.
1: More history making for Federer in Halle. Hour and twenty one minutes on the clock. Title number 102 for Roger Federer beckons. Championship point. Goffin serves. Forehand return. Forehand from Goffin to the backhand of Federer. Federer slices. Forehand from Goffin
2: to the forehand. Forehand of Federer to the forehand of Goffin. Good quality hitting. Goffin goes down the line. But Federer is there with the defensive backhand. Goffin takes it on the full. The Federer is there backhand. No body from Goffin, it's drifting wide. It Federer has both the arms in the air. He joins Nadal as the only and players six, 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 four, to have won double digits titles
3: at the same event. He wins Halle for the tenth
1: time. And he raises both arms to the crowd and you can see from his smile this means something to Roger Federer. Nadal's won 12 for Ollen Garros, 11 Barcelonas, 11 Monte Carlos. Federer has now won 10 HALA titles. Lopez, title number one in London, four championship points. This, remember, a second championship point for Lopez. Serve into the body of Lopez. He's serving and volleying, it drops the volley short. Chance for the passing shot for Lopez. Lopez is there with the volley and he's won it. Simon misses a volley into the net, he throws his racket to the side. His team break down and cry. He looks like he's going to cry. They embrace at the net. A warm hug from Simon who's smiling. That's great sportsmanship from the Frenchman. Lopez just puts his hair to one side, puts his hands on his face. And look skywards. And the 37-year-old has won a seventh ATP Tour title. His second title here at Queen's Club. And he's done it in the most dramatic of circumstances. The Superman, the marathon man, the winner here at Queen's. He's defeated Gilles Simon 6-2, 6-7, 7-6 in a match that lasted, well, just under three hours. And not forgetting a dramatic second victory. Serve wide. Miss return from Salisbury and Murray and Lopez have done it. What a return for Andy Murray. So long out of the sport. All of the painful injury issues forgotten. In his first tournament back, he wins it. Here at the Fever Tree Championships and Feli Lopez has done the double. He's won the singles and the doubles as they get the better of Ram and Salisbury. 7-6, 5-7, and then 10 points to six in the match tiebreak. A stunning performance from Lopez and Murray to delight the fans here on Centre Court. We'll be back on the final day of action at both the Tree Championships at London's Queen's Club and the Neventi Open in Halle, Germany, here on the ATP Tennis Radio podcast. Yes a big welcome from me Pete Hodges and I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Curran who has just been watching the doubles final and what a final it was and what a fairy tale comeback for Andy Murray, and what a tournament for Feli Lopez.
2: Well, totally unexpected at the start of the week, what we've seen today, the end of the tournament. But for Murray, it was an unbelievable start to his campaign to get back onto the singles court. And most importantly, he's already said it, everybody knows it. he's fit, he's well, he's recovered exceptionally well each match that he's played and his performances we're pretty good for well, somebody who doesn't play so much doubles. His performances were excellent, but it's not really a surprise because he has known to be a little bit competitive. Well,
1: I was just about to say, I mean, t- to be honest, going into this week, we all fully believed him when he said he didn't mind if he lost. <laughs> which was something he did say in one of his interviews coming into the week and watching him on the court, it looked it looked a little different to that. He looked like he would have been fairly bothered if he did lose. It was fantastic to watch wasn't it? I mean the, the crowd were were erupting every single moment and then of course Murray and, and, and Lopez just played some fantastic doubles and, and and I said to you at the end of the commentary, how about Murray and Urbair for the, the Wimbledon title now.
2: Well it's possible and don't don't nothing would surprise me. But no, I think everything changed. Whenever they played against the number one seeds in the first round, really they had nothing to lose as such whenever they played against Farah and Cabal in that first round match. And it's then that the psyche and the mind started to change of Murray, and I'm sure he started to get a sense and a feeling that, okay, I'm fit now. There's no reason why I can't go on and do one better each time he played. And he just he's just a guy who just will not give up and every time he's on the court he, he he has this aura around him and and he's done so well to create that that just says i'm not going to lose i'm not going to lose this match and it's it's very intimidating i'm sure it's more intimidating to play against but even when you're watching you can sense it
1: Yeah, and you could see that almost rubbed off on on Feli Lopez at times as well. And watching them both celebrate at the end, you could really see how much it meant to both Murray and Lopez.
2: Well, of course, and I think so many players are so pleased that Murray is actually back on the tour playing and Lopez for for sure definitely is. But also these guys have known each other for so long and it's, it's nice to be able to, as they come to the latter stages of their career, it's nice to be able to go and share those types of moments on court together.
1: And
0: after the win, we were able to hear from them.
2: Andy, a few words about your partner and what he's
3: managed to achieve this week.
0: I mean, he was he was brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no, no, nothing else to say. I mean, an amazing win today in the, the singles. And, you know, even at the end of the match there, he came up with some brilliant returns and amazing serves. And, yeah, he did, did so, so, so good. Very
4: happy for him.
3: And a double. Club champion this year. Did you expect that when you walked in on Monday morning?
4: No. <laughs> no, I mean, this is happens only maybe once in a lifetime. I mean, to win here, singles and doubles, and how difficult it is to win the singles, that I won both. I cannot even believe it, you know? So, yeah, and uh, and also I'm so happy for this. Men playing with me, um, man. We are so happy that you're back on a tennis court.
3: How good has it felt to be back, Andy?
0: Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been been brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt very relaxed at the beginning of the week, and then as it got on, I was getting like more and more nervous. And I think like my competitive instincts were sort of kicking in with each match. And um, but yes, yeah, like it was brilliant. My hip felt felt great, no pain, and, uh, and and yeah, obviously I'll try try to keep progressing from here. But I'm, you know, I'm just happy being being back on the court. Yeah,
3: and you've got Eastbourne, and you've got Wimbledon men's doubles and mixed doubles. Have you sorted out your mixed partner yet?
0: No, I, I said I would chat, chat to my team about that the next few days. we obviously are concentrating on the, the doubles here and then, um, yeah, probably decide on that by the middle, middle of next week.
3: And finally, um, Feliciano, are you going to have some time off now?
4: Yes. <laughs> uh,
3: are you at Eastbourne next week?
4: Uh, we don't know yet. <laughs> I'm on the draw, but, you know, I might, I might need a little bit of rest after the busy week that I had here and uh, we're going to decide tonight with a good glass of wine in the hands.
3: <laughs> well, you played the last five matches on this court. I think you deserve a plaque on this court. Well done, the doubles champions, Andy Murray and Feliciano Lopez.
1: Well, it wasn't just one win, but two victories for Feli Lopez after his singles championship winning performance against Gilles Simon. We heard from the champion.
3: I was worried that you'd have the energy to lift that big trophy.
4: Yeah. <laughs> How
3: how did you pull that that off in the end, that time? I mean, every game, he threw everything at you, didn't
4: he? I don't really know. (laughs) I think the whole match was very exciting, uh, except the first set where I think he didn't play very good. I took this... (laughs) I took this... uh, Early set, but then he was getting better and better and it was really tough for me to, to find a way to win the points. He was so solid from the base and I was trying to, you know, um, going go to the net, trying to be aggressive, but it was impossible. He was, hitting a, he was coming out with unbelievable passing shots from everywhere and I, I was a little bit desperate, to be honest. And then, you know, the tiebreak at the end was kind of a lottery. I mean, it can go either way and it went my way. I'm so, so happy right now.
3: How special was that volley at 4 2?
4: Wow, that was a great one. Yeah.
3: That turned it. Yeah,
4: probably, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At these moments when you get these points, you know, in a tiebreak, when every, every point counts more than normal, it's, yeah, to get this point was amazing.
3: What does it mean to you to win this trophy for the second time in three years?
4: <sighs> um, I thought, I thought the best moment of my career was in 2017, when I was holding this trophy and I was talking to you here in this court. But it is not. <laughs> it is right now.
1: So what a win it was for Feli Lopez in dramatic circumstances. And, of course, we saw dramatic match after dramatic match for both Feli Lopez this week and Gilles Simon, who had disappointment in the final. But what a roller coaster ride of a week for the Frenchman.
2: Well, it is, and it's great for him after a disappointing French Open. He came here to London, he didn't have anybody with him. He just wanted to be by himself, and really it became an absolute bonus for him. But he had to do it the hard way, didn't he? Every single match going to three sets, but he is such an interesting player, so different than so many. He does so much running around the court, and he moves players around the court, and he's, he's got these beautiful, soft hands. And He was unlucky today because he really pushed him right to the very end. But credit to Lopez because it was Lopez who maybe just played in the very end. He just played a better tie-break at the very end.
1: And, of course, Feli Lopez has found himself being very popular with the Queen's crowd, winning both the singles and the doubles. But I think Gilles Simon, in the way that he took the loss as well, I think it's probably won over a lot of fans here in London.
2: Well, he would have, and it was a great match that he played, and he had to work really hard. That was the difficult thing for him in this final because, really, he was blown away in the first set, and it took him a long time to work his way back into that match. And he got his way there, but it just in the end, it just wasn't good enough.
1: So disappointment for Gilles Simon. On, but uh, he told Seb Lozier he's just enjoying being on the court
2: I
5: enjoy to play tennis in general uh, it's true that it's a bit harder physically so it takes uh, uh, more time than before to be ready uh, to go on court but I always love to play tennis so I'm happy to be here
6: I, I'm fascinated to ask you about your the, w- the way you try to, to to play especially these younger guys do you enjoy playing these these young guys? Because they're, they're, they're kind of a different breed now, aren't they?
5: We see a lot of new faces, but we see also a lot of old faces for long. Some players that were here before me are still there and they are still winning and they are still winning slams. So uh, you have a big range of players now and uh, it's uh, 20 years difference. Um, most, some of the players that, that are coming on tour now, they they were not even born when 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 Roger won his first won his first slam you know so it's it sounds crazy but that's how it is uh, so of course because of that the density uh, is crazy we have a lot of good players and yeah you always enjoy to see new faces but it's always tricky to play a player that you never played and didn't see you know much before because. Because you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know how he plays. It takes a bit of time.
6: Yeah, because Rogers said himself that he relishes. He looks forward to playing these these young guys. Probably for that reason. Is it something? You know, he's played everyone so many times. Is it nice sometimes to play someone you don't know? Albeit the fact that obviously they could surprise you with their game. Yeah, I think it's
5: nice. It's always nice Uh, when you played some guys like 20 times. You feel okay. One more time. <laughs> How is it possible that we are still here? Uh, so it's great. No, it's great. Uh, but, I mean, as I said, I think we are lucky. I Lucky not in the way that we are lucky, but we are... I think you understand what I mean when I say we are lucky to still be on tour because after so many years on tour, you always have some players who had to retire because of injuries or because of something else you know so we are here we are still fit ready to play uh ready to beat some some players and uh, enjoying you know the time i don't know how many times i can do it still but i know it's not even a question i'm just happy to be here
6: a couple of months ago i don't know whether you've seen the video but atp filmed with a number of players for social media Asking them who is the most intelligent player they play against on court, and all but one of them said Gilles Simon. Why do you think that is?
5: Mm, I don't know. Uh, it's maybe it's the way I look, you know, on the court. Uh, many people told me, "Ah, you are playing the way you play. It's so clever." I, I just try my best, just like just like anyone else. So. Uh, maybe I'm taking better decisions on some moments, but you have players that are uh, really clever also on, uh, on the court who understands what is happening. And, you know, I don't see myself this way, at least not when I play. I, I feel I can read the game and see what is happening uh, really good, you know, also from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm on the court, you know, I just try to do my best. That's it.
6: You don't have a coach at the moment, or at least not a coach next to your name on on the ATP website. But somebody told me you're working with a scientist. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, I would say I have a coach. Uh, yes, yes. I'm. I'm trying. I, I try many different things. Um, I think the need of a player with sorry uh, four now is not. Exactly the same. Uh, it's not the same job that to, to, to coach a player that is 20 years old and coming, coming on tour, and you have also um, many things to, to, to build in this game and uh, in the approach and knowing the tour or, or anything. It's it's a completely complete different job. And uh, so I'm just trying to know myself better. That's <laughs> what I would say. Um, I think most of the match are super tight. Um, The winner often wins four or five more points than his opponent. Um, So it's not really about the game, you know, it's more about, as we said before, uh, making the right shot at the right time, taking the right decision, not panicking. And, And I believe that to be able to do that, you have to know yourself better than maybe your opponent knows himself know what you are able to do what you make the right call so this is something i'm working on still trying to know myself as good as possible and that's why i have uh, different people around me now
6: still improving as a player you think
5: i think as a player you are always improving because you just play tennis you know more and more and so the shots are getting better and, and 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 but the other players also uh th- this is what is strange you have I, I said the density on the tour is is really important now you you feel that you have to play 100 percent. when you play on 95 90 percent you don't beat anyone it was not the case before uh remember uh, 10 years ago i was able to reach third round in the slams with not even being ready because you know you had injuries or physical problem but the There was bigger difference with, let's say, maybe the top 30 players and the rest of the players. Now, even when you are in the top 32 in the slams, you feel, okay. I'm seated, but you don't feel protected. You know, you have so many guys playing so good in the top 100. But on the other hand, what is still interesting is it's still the same players winning, which means the higher level is not higher than before it's still Rafa winning in the French Open it's still uh, Roger Novak and uh, and so you feel okay if I'm still improving if I can get closer to the higher level maybe I will lose more often in the first round than before but if I can play what I have to play to win a a slam or a big title is not harder than before because the level is not better
6: Gilles, it's always great talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: So that was Gilles Simon, of course, who lost that tightest of tightest of matches against uh, Feli Lopez in Queens. But earlier in the day, Roger Federer made it 10 titles in Halle. And here's what he had to say afterwards.
7: It's amazing. Um, some reason I never thought I was going to make, make it anymore. Didn't think of it much. I just thought uh, match for match. And uh, because the second round of quarters was so tough that... Uh, um, never really thought about how it would feel if I won, and now it's uh, it's reality. Uh, first time ever I could win a, a title ten times in, in one place, so it's obviously a very special moment in my career.
6: David really pushed you hard today, especially in that first set.
7: Yeah, very much so. Uh, he was a better player for uh, probably the first ten games of the match. He had more chances, uh, he had big chances too, and then I played a really good tiebreaker. I was able to run away with the lead, you know, getting the break early on in the second, and... Uh, and I think that maybe calmed down my nerves. His level might have dropped just a tiny bit, but it was tough to play, you know, with the shadow, it's fast court. David, of course, also had a great week, so clearly he was feeling it from the baseline, but uh, I was able to tough it out, and at the end, uh, really play some great tennis, so I couldn't be happier right now.
6: And with more than half an eye now on Wimbledon, um, how are you, how happy are you with the way you're playing and the way you're feeling moving out there?
7: Well, yeah, look, uh, every time I won in Halle, I went on to play really well at Wimbledon, so I think—I mean, it's never a guarantee, of course—but I've been on the tour for long enough to know what it means. And uh, also, most important is that I know I'm—I'm I'm injury-free. I'm going to have a couple of days off, I guess, and uh, and then get ready once and once I'm going to be in Wimbledon, practicing there again. But for now, I'm going to enjoy this one, rest up a little bit, and then look forward to the rest.
1: So, Federer just does it again. 10 titles in Halle, quite incredible. His 102nd ATP Tour title, his 23rd 500 series title, his 3rd victory of the year in a tournament i mean we keep thinking he's not going to do it and then here we are again sat down saying oh it's another win for federer i mean what more can be said can you say any more claire
2: no and i think you're getting a little bit tired whenever you're just <laughs> listing that list of accompli- accomplishments from him now this was a good week for federer in Halle. he didn't play his best tennis throughout the week but he served importantly very well really in every match and so often that kept him in the match but it was a very good final for him against goffin and i think going into Wimbledon this year, having this title, this 10th title behind him, I think that'll give him a little bit of an extra spring in the stride.
1: Yeah, because we were saying off-air, in fact, I mean, he lost in the quarterfinals to Anderson last year, wasn't it, at Wimbledon, and that was following a loss, a surprise loss in the final of the Halle uh, of last year to, to Borna Cioric. So do you think this win, and as you say, he hasn't played his best tennis this week, but do you think this week sets him up better than what he was last year
2: I think this week and also the fact that he's played in the clay court season and he had a semi-final run in Paris I think he must be feeling very confident because he really cruised into the semi-finals of Paris which means and it indicates that he's feeling comfortable with his ground strokes and maybe last year going into Wimbledon he felt a little bit under prepared and under confident I don't think he'll have that problem this year
1: So a tenth title today for Roger Federer in Halle and of course he's 37 years of age. His story goes back a long, long way and uh, he sat down with ATP's Kate Flory and chatted to her about where it all started.
7: Well, my first memories go back to playing with a wooden racket and instead of the neon yellow tennis balls we have today, I started off with the white tennis balls and in Switzerland we used a lot of pressure less tennis balls as well. I don't know how many players of this generation today can say that so i I come from way back and i remember playing against uh, the wall and the cupboards and the garage doors for hours that's what i used to do so uh, those were my very strong memories. Then I collected a lot of the stickers as well. There was a, a, a year, I guess it was a, maybe the end, uh, the beginning of the 90s um, where I collected a lot of the stickers where all the old uh, tennis players were in. It was about the tournaments, about the trophies, about the players, so I got to know them all. And then eventually I also became a ball boy in my hometown tournament in Basel. So I, w- I used to ch- chase the players for autographs. Pictures at the time was not a, not a big deal yet as the selfie didn't exist. Um, but uh, yeah, so that th- those are my memories really from uh, from from back then.
8: And is there any sort of like specific details? It might have been I don't know a certain smell at the training ground, opening new tennis balls, or someone who might have given you a lift home, or meals that your mum used to cook after training. Sort of any specific details that just you remember.
7: Well, I mean, I think a certain responsibility and freedom I felt uh, being a junior tennis player because in the winter times I would take. Uh, the tram um, to to tennis sometimes. If I got lucky, my my mom or my my friends' uh, parents would drive me. Sometimes it was too cold, and in the summer times, I took the bike and drove to the tennis club. And then, of course, on the bike or in the tram or you know at the tennis club, without your parents around, you felt like okay, well, you're doing your own thing. Um, you got to be responsible and. Uh, that was a good feeling at a very young age already I guess uh, we're talking I'm maybe 10 years old at this uh, in this moment I'm um, going all the way through the city and uh, running after trams and trying to catch, uh, you know, the green lights uh, on the bike so um, yeah it was a, I look back at it and it's been a lot of fun I got to know the city of Basel very well through my travels getting to the courts um, so I like that freedom I had as a, as a young child
8: And now those dreams became like the most amazing reality for you can you sort of put into words what it's like when you walk onto the biggest stages in tennis and the crowd is cheering you like even that stamping ovation you got at Roland Garros just yeah. can you put into words what that feels like?
7: Well it's still a little bit surreal um, I think because uh, like you said thinking back on how it used to be if um, you have a dream and the hope that one day you become a top 100 player and you can maybe play on some of the courts next thing you know it's normal to play on center court, it's normal to play in front of 15,000 people and sometimes you tend to forget what a privilege that is but uh, I feel like I never did forget um, so I enjoyed every single time uh, it does happen and um, you know, I try to enjoy it as much as I can, I try to give absolute best effort every single day I walk on a practice court or in a match court and I try to interact um, you know, with the fans and let them know how thankful I am um... yeah, because it's uh, it's definitely uh it's been a hell of a ride so i've enjoyed every moment of it
8: Roger, what does it mean for you to be swiss
7: um i'm very proud swiss you know um growing up in a country that's very diverse and has four national languages um that is tiny you know compared to other big countries around the world um i think has been a blessing for me um i think um it's one of the best countries in the world one of the most prettiest countries in the world as well so for me to come back to switzerland you know after all my travels it's like a i don't know it's like uh beyond anything it's such a wonderful place to live in um the people are incredibly friendly and helpful um so i'm very proud to be swiss and i, I love living there
8: and can you just talk briefly about the, the passion of the people and their sports fans in switzerland
7: yeah i mean i think the swiss uh they really love their sports um you know they might be a little bit less uh crazy or showing craziness uh, about cer- certain athletes or clubs, like maybe in, uh, in Latin countries or other places. But uh, at the end of the day, um, we love our sports, winter sports, summer sports. There is a national sports that they really um, have been very supportive of. Um, you know, the original mindset in Switzerland is, of course, education always goes first. And it was the same that my parents also um, taught me. But I do believe it's uh, starting to happen more and more that people actually do believe that also sports can be a, a future and a career and a path. And uh, I hope through what I do on a tennis court and I show them maybe also I lead the way a little bit. Um, that's also going to be helpful for a next generation of uh, superstar athletes from Switzerland.
1: So our thanks to the ATP's Kate Flory for that wonderful chat with Federer. So that's it from both the Fever Tree Championships and the Naventi Open. Keep across the ATP website and Tennis TV for all the scores from the 250 grass court events in Eastbourne and Antalya this week. And we'll be back here on the ATP Tennis Radio podcast next weekend to preview the Wimbledon Championships. But we'll end this week where we started. And one of the stories of the week has been Andy Murray's return to action. And here's how it all finished.
8: Salisbury to
1: serve. And look at that for timing. Mohamed Leani just announcing to everyone match tiebreak. Salisbury to serve. And it is a first to 10 points, just a reminder of how it works.
6: Let's so Salisbury to start. Left second service. This
1: match tiebreak. First to serve was missed so second serve is just nicked the top of the net they have a little conversation again second serve for the youngest brit on the court serve into the body of lopez but he misses the return in the net he can't Run feel team. lopez it must Run. be thinking surely i'm going to win this match as well because i've won everything this week
2: yeah but he could also at this stage could be feeling it. he hasn't sat down at the change of ends at all just hasn't wanted those legs to stiffen up
1: He's going to be very glad when this tournament's over. He will get some much-needed rest. He'll be very glad because he's won the singles. It's it's a bonus no matter what happens here for Lopez. Good second serve, block return from Ram, and that allows... uh, well, Lopez to get very tight to the net. A couple of volleys here from Murray, and Salisbury again just can't sort his hands out. Well, at the moment, Ram is on fire, and Salisbury's not quite performing to the American's wow. level. They
2: just didn't have the fast reactions that Rajiv Ram has had at the net, but Murray afterwards, this is whenever Murray starts to get really pumped up.
1: Yeah, just, shouting, let's go, wasn't it? Wait. come on.
2: It's it's really intimidating if you're playing against that as well.
1: Two one. Served down the tee from Lopez, clean ace. Both players clenching their fists to the tee. Lopez. Was he like that to you when you were doing the chin up? <laughs>
2: he's always been lovely to be honest with you whenever he's been doing anything kind of like that but no it is a big he's sending strong messages out and murray is the king at doing this he's learned this kind of throughout his career how to use this crowd to his advantage but more than anything it's the messages that he's sending to his opponents down the side of the net i will not be beaten
1: one two ram serving that makes it two two missed return from murray as you can hear him screaming away at himself i think that more, almost more than anything else, because he is arguably the greatest returner in the game.
2: It's so when frustrating When he misses a
1: return, he just absolutely hates it, especially if he feels he's got to play on it.
2: And he knows that it's coming into his forehand, but it's the eye formation that throws him off.
1: Two points all, so it's going to be Lopez to try and return it's this sir, from Ram. Service the top of the net, just caught the the service line, and even Murray didn't like that. He's swiping his racket into the palm of his hand.
2: Also, it was Murray's serve that got broken at the end, and that's frustrating for him.
1: Remember, he served for the match early on yesterday, 6-5, and did get it done, and they won it in the match tiebreak. So uh, will it happen again? You can hear Ram just saying no, and that would be because Salisbury will be doing the hand signals behind his back because he missed the first serve. Second set, where does he go? Into the body of Lopez. And slight miss hit from the Spaniards. He pulls it wide. Down the line. P2. Lopez's turn to just shout to himself. You can hear him saying they're down the line, down the line. Fiance also looking very nervous, as is his coach, too.
2: No time to celebrate that singles victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do think about that. I mean, had he not been playing doubles, he'd be in the bar right now, no doubt.
2: I think he'll have plenty of time this evening. Having a tipple.
1: High formation for Murray. Pressure on the Murray serve here. Two, three down in this match tiebreak. Great serve though, slider that just catches the center service line. Rank, you get a, a racket turn, only a bit of the frame, and it's three points all as they change ends. And well, I mean, not to feel like Nostradamus, but I feel that predicted both matches today. I said the first one would finish in the tiebreaker, and the third, and I said this one would finish with the match tiebreak.
2: Pretty, pretty. There's no awards for that. <laughs>
1: It was just going with the theme of the tournament, which has been epic encounters. It's been a brilliant Fever Tree Championships. Judy Murray still looks very nervous. She's, there's,
2: there's not much from her expression-wise, no. just watching. and
1: Maybe she's out of rhythm. Talk about yeah. rhythm. Although Jamie's been playing, she should have been in the rhythm. With watching She'll be Jamie fine play. in a few weeks. She'll be back up on her feet, shouting. As, uh, Andy hits a good serve down the tee, unreturned by Salisbury. 4-3, Murray and Lopez lead. all points so far, going Lopez with the server in this match tiebreak.
2: And those were two big service deliveries from Murray. Murray, the vulnerable serve, but he's gone for the lines on both of his serves, made the first serve.
1: And again, it's a bit of that stealth talking. This time it's Salisbury and Ram to put the ball up in front of their mouth. And... Have a little chat, surf, down the tee. Great return from Murray, but Ram is somehow able to get there. Then Murray gets their little dink of a shot from Murray, and you've got to give credit to Salisbury. He kept his call, he didn't fall for the trickery of Murray, and he just drops the ball on the volley
2: into the open oh. court. Well, he foxes, Murray, and that you don't often say. Terrific hands at the net, both players tight to the net, and Salisbury's just got, he's got great dexterity in those wrists when he volleys.
1: Didn't panic there, that was a huge point. Four points all, eight straight points on serve. Serve out wide into the top of the tape from Salisbury. Still, Lopez, I think he's got springs in his trainers. He's still bouncing around as he gets ready to hit the return and the bouncing around works. Sweet is nut. That one out of the forehand, top draw, return. From Feliciano Lopez, and that's the first point against Serb.
2: Well, he missed his previous return, and he was annoyed because he should have gone down the line on the previous one, and he did it that time. Executed straight down the line, straight five, as an arrow for Lopez Murray.
1: Built like an ox, and that was a steely return from Feliciano Lopez. They lead 5 4. Sir, ace, cometh the time. Cometh the man, Liziano Lopez, this week.
6: Lopez-Murray. I've
2: seen that a few times, haven't Mm. we? That ace. Just having a conversation now. Murray's just saying to him, this is where I'd like you to serve this ace. I
1: think he's going to say, slider down the tee. Let's go percentage with the lefty serve. He was going down the tee, but misses it in the net. On the juice court side, six points to four. Lopez and Murray lead in this match tie-break to...
6: Let's decide this seconds. final.
1: Just nick the top of the net. Second serve from Lopez. Good, firm second serve. But it's a good return from Salisbury. The volley from Lopez were rammed, gambled on going across the court, but Lopez just bunts it up the line. And you can hear from the noise, it's Lopez and Murray's
2: point, And they our lead seven points to four. Well, Lopez just sees out of the corner of his eye, Ram moving across. And he just redirects the ball down the line and then Lopez runs to do a lap of honour.
6: He's,
1: he's stepped up again, hasn't he? What do we call him the marathon man? Superman. Ram under pressure now, you feel must win both of these points almost. Rajiv Rand, serving at 4-7. First serve into the top of the tape. It's Murray who's looking to return here. He's got a second serve to swing at, that focused look on Murray's face. They serve to the forehand, excellent low return from Murray, and then Lopez across at the net to put the volley away. It's another mini-break for Murray and Lopez. Lopez is calm, cool and collected, Murray clenching the fist, shouting, as they change ends with a four-point cushion.
2: Well, Ram's just under too much pressure with the second serve. Delivers it into the Murray forehand. He dips it down to his feet. And it's really an easy pin put away from there from Lopez. And So tricky whenever you're serving under pressure and you look down the other end and you see that Andy Murray's the person who's going to be returning the serve. And then you've got Lopez. who's just all over the net.
1: And listen to the crowd. I think there's going to be a fair few... People tomorrow at work with hoarse voices. They've, had, they've done a lot of cheering today. Ram serving 4-8 into the body. Great return again! What a return! That is from Feliciano Lopez. Has he made it though? I think it got it was called in. There's a bit of confusion. 9-4. It has been called in. Mahaven is saying it's in, and there's a yes, leap of good. celebration from Feli Lopez. I mean, that was an extraordinary return. It was into the body somehow got himself out of the way, flicked it with the forehand up the line, It lands plumb on the baseline, no challenge from Ramos Salisbury. I mean, almost invincible tennis from Feli Lopez. And it will be five championship points for Murray and Lopez. Thank you. 9-4. serve into the net from Murray. He was going out wide. It's Ram to return. crowd can barely contain their excitement. Still five championship points for Murray and Lopez. Murray with the serve into the body of Ram. It's a good volley from Murray. Attempted pass from Ram. Salisbury on the stretch, pick-up from Lopez. Another pick-up from Murray at the net. Another pick-up from Murray at the net. Still Ram with a chance to pass. Has he made it? He has just. And they survive for now.
2: Well played, Rajiv Ram. Gosh, he asked so many questions there. Murray just kept blocking the volleys back. Ram just will not refuse to give up.
1: Nine points to five. They were like a brick wall. But Ram found a way to smash through the wall. Second championship point for Murray and Lopez. Nine points to five in this match tie break. High formation serve from Murray Lit- down the tee the t- just nicked the top of the net and everyone was ready to celebrate because it was a very good serve they communicate with each other again you've still got the uh, fiancés and wives looking pretty nervous <laughs> at this side 9-5 championship point missed first serve just wide from Murray still eye formation for Murray and Lopez. Second serve for the Scot. Serve wide. Yeah. Miss return from Salisbury. <laughs> and Murray and Lopez have done it. What a return for Andy Murray. So long out of the sport, all of the painful injury issues forgotten. In his first tournament back, he wins it here at the Fever Tree Championships and Feli Lopez has done the double. (laughs) He's won the singles and the doubles as they get the better of Ram and Salisbury. 7-6, 5-7 and then 10 points to six in the match tiebreak. A stunning performance from Lopez and Murray to delight the fans here on Centre Court. If you like this podcast, Please search the iTunes store for ATP Tennis Radio to leave a review.